Boston, March 18th, 1990. Despite its location in one of Boston's busiest districts, the Isabella Stewart Garden and Museum, situated at 25 Evans Way, was somewhat removed from the hustle of the surrounding Fenway-Kenmore area. The palatial villa at the edge of the marshes sat regal, yet inviting, as both a museum dedicated to the public and the former retreat of one of Boston's most eccentric and beloved socialites. At 1am, the Gardner Museum was mostly quiet, save for the night watchman's patrol. Security guard Richard Abbott completed his switch with a fellow guard, went to double-check the front gate, and returned to his position at the front of the museum. At around 1.25 a.m., the buzzer to the front door rang. Not a normal occurrence at this time of night. Justifiably concerned, Abbott answered the buzzer and saw two police officers on the security monitor. The police urged Abbott to let them inside as they had been summoned after a disturbance in the courtyard. Breaching security protocol, the perplexed night watchman assumed the officers were in the right and buzzed the gentleman inside. When the officers approached Abbott's desk, one of the men recognized Abbott and asked him to step out from behind the desk, claiming that the guard resembled a person of interest with a standing arrest warrant. Confused and no doubt annoyed, Abbott was asked to produce his ID and then to turn and face the wall. Before he could protest, Abbott then noticed there was something off about the policeman. He was wearing a wax mustache. And if Abbott had been paying closer attention to the perimeter that night, he may have noticed a red Dodge Daytona, and not a police car, pulling up to the side of the Gardner Museum an hour earlier, the occupants of the car scouting the security and waiting for the right moment to strike. Before Abbott could reach for the alarm, the fake officers handcuffed the security guard and got the jump on Abbott's partner as he arrived to investigate the disturbance. The two officers then explained the obvious. They were not the police at all. They were here to rob the museum. The thieves led the guards down to the museum basement, handcuffed them to the exposed pipes, and then wrapped their victims' hands, feet, and head in duct tape. In total, the heist took 81 minutes. As the thieves left, they went down to the basement and gave Abbott and his partner a cryptic warning. You'll be hearing from us in about a year. It was an odd choice of phrase, and a promise unfulfilled, because the thieves were never heard from again, and their identities remain unknown. So too is the fate of 13 pieces of art, with an estimated value of $500 million. Among the lost works, the concert, one of 34 Vermeer paintings in existence, the storm on the Sea of Galilee, the only known seascape to have been painted by Rembrandt, also taken were a self-portrait by the aforementioned artist, two Degas, a 12th century BC Chinese ritual vase, and a bronze ornamental eagle that sat atop one of Napoleon's flags. And if only this latter piece were to ever be recovered, it would earn the finder a reward of $100,000. The bewildered and embarrassed security guards remained handcuffed until police arrived at 8.15am later that morning, and so kicked off the hunt for those behind the single largest property theft in the world. 
It is a case that remains unsolved, with a cast of highly unusual suspects and an intricate network of leads, all tying back to almost every major criminal organization operating out of New England. My name is Maxwell. This season on Relic, Crimes and Curses.